0: The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the
1: business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing
2: Show, we're talking to Todd Brown about how list building has got nothing to do with traffic. If you don't know who Todd Brown is... Yet, you're absolutely going to love this episode. We're getting to uh, how big a fan of Todd Brown we are
1: as we go along. So um, if you want to continue this conversation after the episode, we would love to invite you to come and hang out in our free Facebook group. It's called the Email Marketing Show Community. As the name suggests, it's an amazing group of thousands of entrepreneurs all looking to level up their email marketing, get better results and sell more of their stuff off the back of everything that we talk about on this podcast. All you have to do is head over to Facebook, and search for the Email Marketing Show Community. It will come up. You can request to join. We'll get you improved. We'll see... Uh, approved, not improved. Imp- approved Oh, we'll get you improved. improved.
2: We'll definitely get you improved.
1: We'll see you in there, and we'll talk all about email marketing. Just go and search for the Email Marketing Show Community. He
2: has an A-level qualification in German, and he's put some German words in here for me to try and pronounce, so let's butcher a language in front of everybody. Uh hat ein Abitur in Deutsch. Close? Pretty close, that's good. It's Comedy hypnotist Rob Temple.
1: And he's taking Tuesdays off to focus on himself in what he's called to use days. I feel physically sick. It's psychological <laughs> mind reader, Kennedy. You did um you did a pretty decent job there, fella. You did a pretty... I mean, actually, my pronunciation and vocal speech of German is fucking awful. Okay. When, at, like, at school going to Germany, I was ref- refused to speak to any German people for fear of sounding ridiculous. So, like, we were just talking... And, and I've never
2: actually done any German lesson. We did French at school. And we didn't have a choice. We, it was French or death. actually. And I chose French, please. <laughs> you
1: certainly didn't learn English in your school, did you? <laughs> Let's begin. So today we are joined by our pal and mentor and coach and uh, all-round great marketing guy, Todd Brown. Todd is the founder of the E5 Method, uh, which we are well and truly uh, diving deep into at the minute and, and loving every second of, and also the founder of uh, the Top One Mastermind, which we joined in August. And uh, I love him being a part of that. We talk about it quite a lot, actually, just in our training and, um, and on this podcast. You We've you know, just been to Florida a while ago to do some stuff there. As part of that, which is really cool, I'm excited now. Kennedy, you know quite a lot about Todd Brown, but you uh, you probably don't know uh, these three things. Partly because two of them I've made up, uh, and one of them uh, is true. Your job is to try and guess which of these things could be true about Todd Brown. So, okay, the first one is he knows exactly how many books are in his marketing library. I oh, can't possibly. I've seen his marketing library; it's mental. <laughs> the second option: he used to work in a bakery. Third option, he always checks the ingredients list on a bottle of water.
2: Oh, hang on. Right. I don't think he's. Oh, it, this is good. You're usually terrible at this, Rob. But um, I don't think he. Well, actually, he recently moved house. So he might know how many books are in the library. But that's, that seems like a false. Track. I'm going to think that he. Because the other ones. Yeah, I'm going to go with. For some reason, I don't know why. No justification. It's just that I think perhaps he worked in a bakery. Todd, did you used to work in a bakery? I did.
0: Very yes! good. I did. When I was a kid growing up, I had all these crazy jobs from landscaping, working at a gas station to working at a uh, an Italian bakery making pastries. And so there you very go. good, Kennedy. Kudos.
2: There we are. Damn it. Yes. I see why you put no, of there,
0: there are a couple of things I need to say before we before we get rocking and rolling. So, number one, I, I almost feel like I need to work on the, the vocals. Kennedy's voice is so good for the podcast. Like, I just I feel like every answer that I give, I might just have to be like, Yes, Kennedy, we are gonna talk about <laughs> acquisition. And uh, because it's so it's so flawless. The fact that we kicked off this episode talking about uh, it, 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 sharing some German words I thought to myself I'm like you know what The only German that I Somewhat know like, And I say this very loosely <laughs> it, And I was tempted to share And then I realized something The only German words that I know Are from World War Two movies And I was afraid if I said something There was a possibility it could be <laughs> anti-Semitic Yeah, So I decided let's hold off on that and let me not participate and let you guys roll. And so we are off to a good start, boys.
1: Now, what's this podcast about? Oh, yeah, email. Yeah. So, Rob, we were talking
2: about before. One of the things we hear a lot of people talking about is as you build your business, you've got to build your email list. And part of that, at some point, you have to click over it and go in, now I've got to spend money on ads. Or I just need more traffic. I need more people to my website. And a lot of people say, "Just I've got a traffic problem." And one of the things I'll always remember Todd saying a little while ago is, "There is no such thing as a traffic problem." What do you mean by that? That's a pretty audacious thing to say.
0: Yeah, that's an awesome. I love this topic so much because th- what we're going to talk about and what we're gonna what we're gonna get to is really one of the most valuable lessons that I've learned in terms of in, in in marketing over the last two decades plus. And so, look, let's take a step back for one second, lay a foundation so that everybody really grasps what it is that we're talking about. So first of all, and we talk about this in 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 top one, we're really we're really in the investing business. As entrepreneurs, I don't care what the product is. I, I don't care what the price point is. I don't care what the marketplace is. You are, are really an investor. And what I mean by that is you're investing in the acquisition uh, uh, and, and development of assets. Now, for some investors, that's, you know, in the in the real, real investing world, those are equities, stocks, bonds, there's real estate. For us, those assets are customers or clients, or students, whatever you call them in your your business. And the day that you acquire the customer, there's a certain value. That's the amount of money that they spend with you during their first transaction, right? And in every business, there's an average amount of money, right? So there's an average amount that a new buyer spends. That's the average value of a new buyer an asset to you the day that you acquire that asset then there is the cost to acquire that asset if you're doing media buying paid online ads paid traffic whatever you want to call it all those are really just saying the same thing well then there is a it's it's a very easy calculation to understand What did it cost us to acquire each of those assets, each of those customers? So right off the bat on day zero, we know there's a cost to acquire the asset. There's a value of the asset. And then there is the future value of the asset. That future value is based on do they go on to purchase more from us, right? Is there a second purchase, a third purchase, a fourth purchase, a fifth purchase, right? You can sometimes call that, you know, it's or it's sometimes called the back end. Point is that there's a value to the asset today. There's a cost to acquire the asset. And then there is a future value of that asset. And hopefully it's, it's a lot more, right? It, it goes up over time. Why am I sharing that in this context when we're talking about, you don't really have a traffic problem uh, because right? Because the reality is, is that what most marketers, what most entrepreneurs mean when they say they have a traffic problem, what they're ultimately trying to say is that the traffic is too expensive for me to go and run a Facebook ad for me and for me to go and run a YouTube ad. It's too expensive. It's going to cost me $100, let's just say, uh, to acquire a customer. And that customer is only going to spend 50 with me. And then they're going to go on to spend another 30 bucks with me. And so I'm going to lose money, meaning they're saying I have a traffic problem. But what they're really saying is they're really saying I have a metric problem. I have a numbers problem. The exchange, the cost and value is off the mark, right? Meaning it's costing them more than what that asset is is worth. Well, the reality is, is that is that look. And we've, you know, we've had many discussions in, in top one, um, that you guys have participated in about this topic, uh, that like, look at the end of the day, the more you increase the value of a buyer, the, whether that be the value of the buyer on, on day zero, when you acquire them, meaning you get them to spend more money on average during that first transaction, the more transactions you get them to participate in in the future you two three four five the more money you get them to spend on each of those transactions the more you make that asset worth to your business the easier it is to acquire the easier it is to pay for traffic right so you can take a marketing campaign that uh that you're using with paid traffic that the typical entrepreneur would say uh it's not working right like we we you know we have a traffic problem and through increasing the value of the asset we could eliminate what they are saying is a traffic problem right because we're able to pay for it all it is all it is is really is a mathematical equation that's all it is and it's a simple mathematical equation it always comes down to right we've talked about to just take a right turn for one second, we've talked about, uh, you know, like, like, look, sales conversion rate, opt-in rate, uh, order form completion rate, upsell take rate. Those are all cool numbers to, to know. They're performance metrics, right? Meaning that they tell us how well a particular page or step in a marketing campaign is working. But what they don't tell us is whether the campaign is viable or not. And what I mean by viable, what I mean by viable is that what it cost us to acquire a customer, we're making back and then some, right? Like in other words, like what's viable is when the economics make sense from an investor's perspective, right? Like we spend a dollar, we make back a dollar and we get a customer. That's a great investment because we know that we have the chance to sell to that customer a second time, a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time, um, a sixth time. Uh, um, sales conversion rate doesn't tell us whether we're making back what it is that we're spending, right? Like this is sales conversion rate. Doesn't tell us whether the campaign is, 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 is viable. It doesn't tell us right. Whether we're making back our money, whether we're profitable or whether we're, were, we're negative or not same thing with opt-in rate same thing with order form completion rate same thing with upsell take rate those are good numbers to know to understand how those different pages or steps in a campaign are performing but those don't tell us whether a, a um a campaign is viable what tells us whether a campaign is viable what tells us whether a campaign is worthy of of continuing to, are those simple those simple cost value cost value and the reality is is that it when you you know what you When you are able to manipulate those numbers, the value, let's say, value, you the 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 more a customer is worth you, the easier this game becomes. Because then you could pay an arm and a leg to get a click. You can pay an arm and a leg to get a lead. You can pay an arm and a leg to get a sale when the value of the asset is worth big money. This is why it's been said many times before by smart marketers that he or she, right? Who really who has the highest lifetime value the, the right he or he or she who has the highest lifetime value has the easiest time playing this game right like is going to win ultimately right cuz i can if if you're if you have a lifetime value of $3000 that means the average customer that comes into your business is worth 3000 forget over what period of time for a second right some will be worth 500 some could be worth 10000 but on average it's 3000 and you're going up against let's say competitors and your competitors only have a lifetime value of $500 you have 3000 they have 500 it's game over for them it's game over for them if you realize that. Why? Because the, tr- bec- here we go, because the traffic sources that are too expensive for them, the traffic sources that they can't use because it's too costly, right? You can use all day because the assets that you're acquiring, are, you're able to turn them into $3,000 assets. They're only able to turn them into $500 assets. And so I, I've just rambled a whole bunch of craziness. That is- and so- you jump in now and 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 tell me what questions you have or where you want to go with that.
1: There are four words you said there that I think I always that always stand out to me, which is from an investor's perspective. I think as, as small micro business owners who who typically sell courses and memberships and coaching and create our own stuff. I think the important step is to emotionally detach from the thing you made or had made and go, yeah, yeah. But if I wasn't, if I was just, if I was just a money person on the outside, just putting money in and I didn't give a shit about what the thing is or who it sells it to or how good it is or any of those things. If I just put the money in, would I continue to put money in if you came and proposed this at me? And I guess there's there's a sort of, there's a meeting in the middle that needs to happen between, sure, you have to like do some stuff with ads to make sure you've got the right creative, the right copy, the right strategy, the right stuff. But it sounds from what you're saying, like, um, as long as that's roughly dialed in, it's easier to, when I say easier, I mean, more impactful to tweak and add to the funnel and the campaign than it is to try and like, can I get the cost per click down by another 50 cents?
0: Yeah. Well, that's so it's it's a great question. And so like, look, right. So if we're talking about cost and, and value, those are really like the two numbers, right? We talk about you know, we, we talk about the golden ratio being one-to-one, right? If for every dollar that you invest or spend on Facebook ads, on YouTube ads, on Google ads, whatever on online advertising for every dollar that you spend, if you make back a dollar in terms of um, sales revenue, right? That's one-to-one that's what we call like the golden ratio it's the golden ratio because ultimately what it means is that you're acquiring buyers for free right you're acquiring buyers for free let's actually step back because I think that this will be I think that this will be helpful so it was interesting Dan Kennedy once said something and I think that this is so profound it's so good and it's so profound that it's worthy of everybody listening to kind of ponder this after the, the the episode, what Dan Kennedy said was something along the lines of he said the typical entrepreneur, the typical marketer entrepreneur will um, get a customer to generate a sale, right? They think I want to acquire a customer to generate a sale, whereas the savvy direct response marketer thinks about it as, right, I want to generate a sale to get a customer. Hmm. And while that seems like nuance, it's not. The reason why I'm emphasizing this and why I say that it's so profound is because it goes back to the very first sale. When, when, When we're running marketing campaigns that are designed to turn prospects into buyers, We typically in the direct response world refer to that as the front end. The purpose of the front end marketing campaigns that are designed to turn prospects or cold traffic, you know, uh, 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 visitors from from ads online, all of those things. Right. We're, We're trying to generate new buyers. The aim of the front end is maximum new buyers right? It's maximum new buyers. It's not maximum profit. It's not maximum contribution to bottom line. We're trying to acquire the maximum number of, of buyers that we possibly can. Why am I sharing that in this context? Because I want to go back to the golden the golden ratio. That golden ratio, I said, if we spend on a dollar on Facebook ads and we make back a dollar, so we spend a hundred, we make back a hundred, we spend a thousand, we make back a thousand, we spend 10,000, we make back, back 10,000, understand that we call that the gold ratio for the majority of um, the majority of, of marketers and entrepreneurs, because you're ultimately acquiring buyers for free. You're acquiring the single most valuable asset in your business for free. See, and that's, right? Like your bank account is no less today than it was called a week ago. If for every dollar that you spend, you make back a dollar and a a customer, that means every dollar goes out, dollar comes back, dollar goes out, dollar comes back, dollar goes out, dollar comes back. You're basically just recycling ad dollars over and over again, except every time you do that, you're getting buyers. The reason why that's enormously valuable is because the real heart and soul of the business, right, is the back end is the second transaction, the third transaction, the fourth transaction, the fifth transaction. This is why guys, and I say guys, you know, to Kennedy Rob and everybody listening, this is why also email is so insanely valuable, right? Doing it right, doing it the way that Rob and Kennedy teach because, right, the back end becomes our pr- the the email becomes our primary vehicle to feed the back end to generate that second transaction, that third transaction, that fourth transaction, that fifth transaction. Right so like you see how you know you, that that 1 to 1 you spend a dollar you make back a dollar that is that's that's golden and that's at the heart of the business doesn't matter like look it doesn't matter whether you're selling a course whether you're selling consulting whether you're selling agency work whether you're selling a physical product whether you're selling a supplement whether you're selling a software the heart and soul you're an investor and you're investing in the acquisition of assets i don't care if you're looking to acquire 13 buyers this month or 1300 buyers this week it doesn't matter it's the same it's the same exchange it's what does it cost me to acquire a buyer and what is that buyer worth to me today and what is that buyer going to be worth to me in the future and when you understand the the true economical foundation of a business what we're what we're talking about here it should put things in in perspective for you because that's right. Like, yeah, it is understanding, man. I'm just acquiring assets. Right? I'm taking care of those assets and I'm nurturing those assets of and course. I'm delivering value to those assets. Right. We're, I'm not saying we don't, we don't focus on the, on the quality of the product and the results, but at the end of the day, I'm acquiring assets. They have a value to me. They have a cost to me, and then they have a future value. And my job is to make that future value as a uh, 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 much greater than uh, as great uh, uh, multiples of the cost. And then my job is to acquire as many of those assets as possible. That's Right. It's all. Yeah. It's all just feeding that.
2: It is. And and it's one of the things that you you often talk about and that we we often think about and and talk about in our business, which is about often funnels and um, lead generation and, and list building comes down to an economics problem, an economical problem, rather than, oh, I've got a problem in that it's not converting. Well, it might be converting Well, your traffic's not too expensive. It's just that all the numbers are making it impossible for you to ever win the game. You can never yeah. win the game because the economics do not work. Yeah, well said.
0: I mean, preach it. Uh, right? Like, look, and, and so what's an example of that? Well, an example of that is let's say that you're paying five dollars a click, right? You're oh, paying yeah. five dollars we, we don't a even click. need to
2: imagine that, dude. Remember our last conversation? We were paying <laughs> five dollars a click. I remember it.
0: Well, let's say you're selling five, you're paying five dollars a click and you're selling a nineteen dollar you know, let's go back old, old school, right? Mm -hmm. You're selling a $19 ebook and that's it. That's your, your whole business. You think that I'm going to, I'm going to sell a $19 ebook and you're paying $5 a click. It's very easy to do the math to realize what it would take for you to make money from that business is a near impossibility, right? If you're, if you're paying $5 a click, that means to get hundred people to the site, you're paying 500 bucks, call it, you're selling something for $20, right? And so look at how many people would have to buy what is that? Call it for you to make a hundred dollars a profit. It's what? It's like 30 people. It's like a 30%, 30, 30% sales conversion rate. Like it, it's not gonna happen. You don't have a traffic problem. You don't even have a marketing problem in that instance. Cause what it right? You could have a 10%, a 12%, a 15% sales conversion rate, like which it which would be crazy high crazy high and you'd still be losing money every day that's not a traffic problem that's not a traffic source problem that's not a marketing problem it's not a marketing performance problem it's an economic problem you're not going to solve that you're not going to fix that with better marketing or finding another uh, another source of traffic you're it's not going to happen so that is a prime example of like that's an economic problem. You have to fix you, you have to change either price point or you have to turn it into a bundle. You have right because you're never going to make that work. Some some things some things that look like marketing problems are really just economic problems. They're number problems that are not going to be fixed with with better marketing. The other thing that I that I want to say is Rob, you you asked a question and I totally skipped in my in my uh in my just ranting. <laughs> I didn't answer the 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 what the 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 question or what you what you shared which was spot on. You said right like so with that golden ratio that gold ratio right so you've got 1 to 1. You said well some people focus on trying to reduce their cost, their cost per click. Let me let me see if I can get cheaper traffic, cheaper traffic. Well, there's a couple things, right? So that's certainly one way to adjust that, that ratio. That's one way, right? Think of cost and think of value, right? Or revenue. Think of both as this sliding scale, right? Ultimately we want it, we want it even, we want it one-to-one. So hypothetically, right? If you were paying $20 to get a buyer and a buyer was worth $20 to you, that's one-to-one. If hypothetically you're paying a hundred dollars to get a buyer and and every buyer is worth $100, that's also one-to-one. I don't care. If I'm paying $200 to get a buyer and every buyer is worth $200, that's one-to-one. I don't care, right? Those are all the same to me. Those are, right? That ratio is all the same. I don't care. So, right, I don't care what it's costing me to, to acquire a buyer as long as what that buyer is worth to me on day zero in this example matches that. So if I'm, I could be paying an arm and a leg. I could be paying two fifty to acquire a buy 300 to acquire a buyer. I don't care if that buyer is worth on average 300 to me the day that I acquire them, I'll do that all day long. Cause it's that one-to-one to get that one-to-one you could do one of two things uh, or a combination. You can work on trying to decrease costs. Like you said, Rob, right. Bring down the cost per click, um, you know, uh, pay less for traffic ultimately, um, and there's there's a couple things number 1 uh, the value of traffic is largely determined by the marketplace so it's very similar to an ounce of gold right like you can only pay like there there's there's a range that you're going to pay for an ounce of gold and not below it because of right supply and demand and the and the marketplace and so the bulk of what you pay for traffic is largely out of our control and it's determined by the um the marketplace the other thing is that there's only so much that you can reduce your costs if you're paying $50 to get a buyer let's just say you can only reduce that by 50 there's o- only 50 points that you can move that whereas the other option which is the easier option and the smarter option and the option that that gives you longevity is you can work on the value side See, the value side is a much easier, in other words, the average amount of money that an individual is spending with you when they become a buyer, that side is much easier to move than is the other side, right? And so, number one, when you're talking about increasing the the value of a buyer, right, you're talking about buyers, We're talking about getting buyers to spend more, getting buyers to spend more is much easier than getting somebody to buy for the first time. So right when we're talking about increasing the average transaction size, you're talking about doing it with with buyers. It's much easier than converting more prospects. The other thing is that you've got infinite upside. Right? Like if you really want it, you got infinite upside. You could increase it by $50, by $100, by $150, by $200. Like over time, you can discover what can I offer these folks that would allow us to jack up that average transaction size. Um, and so, right, that's a smarter play. The other thing, and this is important for what it's worth, is why you really want to focus on the value side rather than the, than the cost side. When I see somebody who says, we're crushing it. We're, we're getting 20 cent clicks right now and we're crushing it. I'm immediately like, okay, that's awesome. Like, you know, ride it out as long as you can. But I'm like, this person is going to hit a brick wall and has no idea what's around the corner, <laughs> right? Because, right, like you are about to, when you come face to face with the reality of what your traffic is going to cost you long-term and now you've created this, You're you're like, everything works as long as you pay 20 cents a visitor, right? Like, oof. But when you could pay $5, $6, $7 a click, and your numbers still work, this is why, guys, this is right? Like you you've got the game becomes easy. This is why it, it, it it's crazy. This, this is really why I'm not a um I'm I'm uh like price model agnostic, meaning, you know, some people are like, it's, you gotta sell high ticket and only high ticket. And that's the answer. Other people are, you know, it's all about volume and low ticket. And I don't, I I think that there's value in, in, in each of those. The thing that I'll say is that where high ticket gives a tremendous advantage is that it allows a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys and gals to have crappy marketing on the front end that converts you know, average to below average isn't that right? Isn't that you know, uh, um, like isn't that impressive? But the reason why they can continue to run it is because they then take those people, put them into very quickly within days a back end campaign salesperson. Boom! They extract. You know, you only have to extract twelve grand or fifteen grand from a tiny number of buyers to now skew. The entire average value of a new buyer. So that's why a lot of these guys, right? Can like, you know, they can grow a a, a very large business with a one and a half percent sales conversion rate on the front end with a $59, $69 product. Um, it's because it's not because that is what's growing, it's because that then gets dumped into back end high ticket phone boom. See, it's all math. It's all just economics. It's all numbers, right? You you go from having an average value of a customer on day zero of call it $100, right? Like $100 to now, all of a sudden, seven days later, the average value of a buyer, thanks to their high ticket thing is 640. Well, you don't have to be a, a tremendous marketer at all to... Say like, man, could we acquire people for six hundred and forty or a little bit less than six forty? We could do that all day long. Does that makes sense.
1: I think this conversation is is honestly one of the most important uh, list building conversations, audience growth acquisition conversations that our audience could ever hear. Especially, we come across an increasing number of people in a world that is uh, in a world in a marketing world that is fifty percent uh, funnel hacking. You're only one funnel away, and the other half is funnelophobes who are terrified of uh, selling an extra product in case they come across as bro marketers. There's like this real divide where we've got a bunch of people who are like, yeah, we'll try and maximize to the hilt, which is where we are. And then the other side who are like, oh my God, I couldn't possibly make an upsell offer. They've just bought something. Um, I think th- this conversation is a thing that that has to be had and the permission to be able to look at it as a maths problem, like Kennedy, Rob and Todd have 15 buttons. If somebody comes along and takes away three buttons, how many buttons do they have left each? I think that that to look at it as a maths problem like on a maths paper at school um and an economics problem rather than uh rather than just the pretty pictures department of marketing I think is is incredibly important. This is the conversation I, I that, that, that we could
2: have all day, you know. I mean this is just critical. I, I I love that you guys. Like
0: I I do. I really I I love that. I love what you what you just said, Rob, like because it really is. Like look, you know, uh, I mean look, you know, for what it's worth. So you are one funnel away. You're not your next funnel, right? Like it's not necessarily (laughs) your next funnel, right? Like, you know, meaning that it only takes one funnel, really one good funnel, one good campaign to really change your life. That, that is absolutely 100% true. I can attest to that. I built the back of, of my core business off of one campaign for 18 months, but it, that doesn't mean it's your next campaign. It doesn't mean that, hey, let me set up one campaign and you're going to be you're going to be golden. And so I think that for everybody listening. Right. And this is like, understand that I'm going to speak for one second for Kennedy, Rob and myself here, because I know that these guys were on the same page with this. Right. I'm I'm going to speak from a place of love and, and caring that you've got to recognize that this is a game and a business of iteration. What I mean by that is the idea that we're going to sit down, we're going to come up with one. We're going to come up with an idea for a marketing campaign. We're going to come up with that. We're going to choose our our headline and right. We're going to launch this bad boy. And that's it, man. We did it. We've arrived um that ain't it like that's not the game that's not the game this is a game of iteration the beauty is that we can track everything we can test everything and we can methodically improve over time i share that with you because you really should know and feel good about this idea that the worst your campaign is ever going to perform is the day that you launch it right is the day that you launch it and so just right don't think that if you launch your first campaign you send your first email or your you know you, you use Robin Kennedy's uh, um, email process and these guys have gotten it dialed right and the first time you use it you don't hit a home run Grand Slam that's we're, that's the same thing that we all experience myself included and so you've got to expect that as it relates to Rob if I can what you said I'm gonna give the I'm gonna be like the old man the, 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 the fatherly, the grouchy dad advice here for a second. So the, you know, the folks that I I get it, like, look, we all have fears when it comes to launching a marketing campaign. We don't want to come off as obnoxious, pushy. I don't want to be like, you know, I don't want to be sleazy, slimy. I don't want to come off like, you know, or or I don't want to be a bro marketer. Right. Like what, you know, like that, 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 that thing. Well, here's my question for anybody that's thinking that, right? Are you being a bro marketer or are you trying to offer more value? Like, are you really offering them something else because you just want to take as much money from these people as you possibly can because you want your Lambo and, you know, and your expensive watch? Is that like your thing? Well, then, if so, then, yeah, I could understand why you feel the way that you do. But if you're like, look, I want to be able to offer this person more. I want to give them the chance to get more value from me. Um, Then you're not being a bro marketer. And you have no control over what other people are going to think or feel no matter what you do in this world. There will always be people. There will be a group of people that love you. There'll be a group of people that tolerate you. And there'll be a group of people that dislike you. That's the nature of the beast. It's amazing how right guys I go. I look at, I look at movie reviews. I look at book reviews sometimes, and it's amazing at five star, one star, two star, you know like for like no matter what it is no matter what it is there's always a group love it the best ever horrible hated <laughs> that's the that right that's the nature of the beast that's the nature of the world that's okay just because somebody thinks you uh you're acting like a bro marketer doesn't mean you're acting like a bro marketer like yeah. right like don't just because somebody thinks that like Man, I I, at some some point, guys, what we should do is we should do a podcast episode where we just read some of the comments that people have left on ads (laughs) Uh, (laughs) because it would I I read some of this stuff and I'm like, yeah, this is why I I don't ever want to leave my house. All right. I'm like, right. Like and so my point is that no matter what. No matter what you do, no matter what stage you're at, like that, that's, it doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change your motivation. It doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong because some people think right
1: from their perspective that you are. I love it. On that note, I should share our best podcast review. Actually, it's not one of our best podcast reviews you ever had was somebody who commented and said, uh, wow, you guys must flip burgers during the day and dream of hospital radio on a nighttime. That was what they really thought. Good. On the
2: yeah, <laughs> uh, we had somebody else say it's really good when it gets to the content or something. Remember that because we do dick about quite a lot <laughs> in the beginning. This is um, this is such a good...
0: like, listen. Nobody's forcing you to tune in, like you know what I mean. Like <laughs> she believes, like, and I guarantee, I guarantee that there are a tremendous amount of people that tune in, loving the banter, loving the you know the shmaying around at the beginning. Love it, and
2: so of course. Of course. Of course, and, it's, and we said you know, and now like everything you put out there, people. This is this is a it, string. I mean, I'll, I'll close up on this on this thought. Actually, and then we'll, we'll finish the episode. But I'm always amazed that there's a the same person who says you have to show up and be authentic is the same person who is deeply offended that you dare say something they disagree with. It's the same person, so. We can't do both of those things. And, and you know, at the end of the day, as we say, there's a lot of boring podcasts and you can go and listen to them if you don't like this this faffing about. And <laughs> uh, You probably haven't even made it this far, to be honest. But, Todd, thanks so much for joining us and sharing your amazing wisdom as ever. It's always, hanging out, always great hanging out with you. And, uh, Rob, I'm going to go over to you for this week's Subject,
1: Subject Line of the Week. week. Subject line, line of the Week. So we haven't recorded podcast episodes for two and a half months because we batch record and Kennedy's forgotten how the podcast works. Oh yeah, not- I'm
2: supposed to ask Todd. Todd, have you got a um have you got a subject line for an email that you think oh listeners would really enjoy like using this one or hearing why this particular one works? Because you do you do all the marketing in your business still, don't you? You do all the emails.
0: Uh I do most of them, or right. I do I do a lot of them. Right. Um do I, is there a subject line? Yeah. Can, I, can I tell you the, the can I tell you the most jarring subject line that I that I ever received? And can I give you I don't know if it's I sure. wouldn't say that it's usable, but I'm going to give you the most jarring subject line that I've ever received. In, yeah, let's in do my,
1: it. Let's do that. So it'll
0: be 50, it'll be 51 years. of right. My I'm coming up to 51. Yeah, this is the most jarring subject line that I ever received. Now, I, I need to give a little context. There's and there's zero value in what it is that I'm about to say. This is just the most <laughs> jarring, the most That's jarring here for on, th- on
2: this podcast that, that I, anyway. Zero value. Yeah. Z- zero. Uh
0: so there. So years ago, before I uh I launched my first business, I worked for a health club company. Um, We had multiple locations. I had an office in one of the locations set aside and my boss would email me on like, you know, on, on a regular basis. So one day I'm, I'm in my office and in the health club, there are the, the, the wall is glass. So like you could see in, you could see out. And so I get an email and I look at the subject line and the subject line says in all lowercase, naked pics of Barry white. That's what the subject no. line said. Naked <laughs> pics of Barry White. Now I'm terrified to open this email, but I'm like I've never like um and the funniest thing was and the my my boss was only a little bit older than me, like so he was, you know, we were, you know, so at the time he was whatever, he was 22 or 23 something like that. And so um so you know, I'm like, "Oh my god, everything stops." I see this subject line from my boss, naked pics of Barry White, Like, I'm like, what the heck? I'm looking around, making sure nobody's by my office. And the whole world stopped for me. I opened the email. There is zero reference whatsoever to the subject line. He just goes into a regular email. And like, and then it was like, not, you know, like a week later that I had to say, I'm like, dude, what was the email subject line that you sent me? And he's like, you opened it though, right? You opened it. And I've never forgot like the, this, you know, for me, the the idea of just like, you know, um breaking a pattern, um, you know, unexpected. Uh, you know, I while wa- I, you know, I wouldn't do naked, you know, naked pics of Barry White, but you get the point. And so most jarring <laughs> subject line ever to this day, I was like,
2: holy jeez,
0: <laughs> what is this <laughs> what <laughs> what is the route like? Is it they really sending me naked? Nature- and I'm looking around to make sure, <laughs> like, yeah. I love it. And then I opened it. I opened it and it was a total normal email. And I'm like, there's not even a reference to the subject line in here. (laughs) Which
2: is nuts. That's this week's subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. Todd, if people want to go and find out more about you, what you're doing, and the world of Todd Brown, where should we head?
0: Uh, Go over to Todd Brown, T O D D B R O W N dot uh, me. So Todd Brown dot me. And there's all the team has links or something up there. <laughs>
2: yeah, there's, there's some stuff. Amazing. Definitely go st- check it out. And uh, if you haven't checked out Todd's E5 book yet, you should definitely do that. It will definitely change the game in in uh, in your mind as well. There's links to that all over at toddbrown.me. Or if there's not at the time of recording, there will be by the time it's broadcast. Uh, Todd, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Folks, thanks for tuning in and listening to the whole show. I know you got loads of value out of it. We're going to be back next week again with a brand new episode. So make sure you do hit the subscribe button on your podcast player, and we'll see you then. ta